What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it is time for the division formerly known as the Pac-12 North, uh, as the Pac-12 has eliminated divisions this year. But since the schedules are very much division aligned, uh, we're going to do it still by division. Easiest way to do it to break up the Pac-12 into two. So we will be doing the Pac-12 North teams formally uh, as the Pac-12, again, will has eliminated divisions for this season. But uh, so we'll talk about Oregon, Washington, uh, Oregon State, Cal, Washington State, and Stanford in that order, in order of win totals. But, Daniel, Pac-12 means we're almost done with our season preview. So we're getting close. Yeah, this is this is a fun time. Um, the Big Ten was fun. Uh, they're obviously a major conference. The Pac-12. I feel like we've got a couple teams that we really have, you know, some discerning to do about uh, this year. So uh, definitely some some good games to talk about. Some good players. So excited to dive in and kind of see where this goes. As am I. Let's start with. The Ducks of Oregon, so Mario Cristobal out. He leaves for Miami. Uh, Dan Lanning in, coming over from Georgia. Now they get to play Georgia in their opening game in Atlanta. That'll be a fun one. But Oregon, their one total set at nine, looking like Oregon should not drop off from where they've been based on their win total. But where are you going with the Ducks, Daniel? Yeah, this is a very uh, talented team, talent-rich um, roster. Um Dan Lanning, I think, was a smart hire uh, as far as it, making sure they can kind of maintain a recruiting um, prowess, especially on the West Coast out there. Um, kind of looking through the team itself, I mean, you turn all five offensive linemen and um, Alex Forsyth, the center, he's thought to be an All-American. Um, he's all-conference. He's going to be one of their major uh, draft um, eligible players on that offensive line along with guard TJ Bass and the right tackle. Um, I'm not even going to try the last name. Um, those guys are all great. Um, Bo Nix transfers in. So kind of a, um, at, you know, at quarterback, he former five-star kind of up and down career. I think he slowly declined since his, his freshman year. Uh, but I think it has to do a lot with his coordinators not having continuity. And he actually is following a former coordinator. Uh, Kenny Dillingham is the offensive coordinator. So he's reunited with him. And it was actually for his best season, which was his freshman year. Um, so I do think that's going to make a difference. I also am still high on Ty Thompson. So if the Knicks experience doesn't really work out like they want, they've got a great guy to turn to in Ty Thompson. I think that he actually raises the uh, ceiling for what Oregon is about. Um, defensively, I mean, you probably you have the best linebacker in the country, in my opinion, in Noah Sewell. And Justin Flo is a former five-star who's had injuries in the past, but – he should be um, an all-conference linebacker this year, we would expect. So you're looking at those two on the inside. Both of them were recruited by Dan Lanning at Georgia. So add to that, that relationship's already there. Dante Manning, a former five-star, is stepping into a starting role at corner. Um, he was injured last year. 
uh, for part of the year. And then uh, Christian Gonzalez transferring in from Colorado at corner. So you're getting, you know, a jolt of life from a, you know, in-conference transfer there. Um, I do think they're going to be a very um, steady team. Something else I wanted to mention was Tosh Lapoy is coming a defensive coordinator. Um, that tells me two things. That tells me that I think Dan Lanning is going to be very involved in calling this defense and they're going to be all about recruiting. So as far as from program standpoint, I think they're in great footing regardless of what the PAC 12 is doing um, as a conference. Now we're doing over unders and they've got a nine win total and they have Georgia on their schedule. So looking at the schedule I'm going through and the only other losable games I have are, I guess you could, well, I'm just going to say the two that I feel are most losable are Utah at home and at Oregon state. Yes. They play Washington. Yes. They play BYU. Those are going to be tough ball games. Um, as far as I, they're not just going to run through them, I guess, but I think that they're only losing two games. I think they're going to split Utah and at Oregon state. That's where their other loss comes from. And I think they're going to lose that opener to Georgia. So I've got them at 10 and two. I am going over. I like this team um, because if Bo Nix is starting, I think that he will have had to have earned it over Ty Thompson. Um, because again, they're coming in on an even playing field with a new coach. Um, so that's important. And then if Ty Thompson wins, then I think he beats a competent multi-year SEC starter in Bo Nix. So they're in a good pace. So as far as quarterbacks go with Oregon, I am with you on I was high on Ty Thompson. I am less high on him. And, and maybe he's the same and Nick described the job by the throat. But I was surprised at how quickly the reports came out that Bo Nix transferred and it was just like immediately he grabbed the job by the throat and he is just their starter. Like he beat out Ty Thompson has been there full two seasons and just beat him out fair and square. And so I'm like disappointed that Thompson didn't push him at all because the reports were just like, it's a done deal. It's Nick's like he is their starter. So I want to believe in Ty Thompson. So I'm with you. On, I think the floor is higher because you bring in a multi-year SEC starter. Like you mentioned, he's with his offensive coordinator where he had his best season in 2019 and Kenny Dillingham. Of course, Kenny Dillingham coming over from Florida State where, hey, he's also had to work with some quarterbacks who, like, honestly, are, are they as good as Knicks? Maybe Jordan Travis is, but, like, he's been messing around with people. Like, he, he's been having to develop some potential in some players. Uh, hasn't really had a solid quarterback does Bo Nix live up to his five-star name? If he does, I think Oregon could tear through this schedule because the defense is going to be phenomenal. The offensive line is going to be the best in the back 12. So, again, outside of that Georgia game, what games scare you? I mean, you, you mentioned, Daniel, that the defense, their defensive line and offensive line, Mario Cristobal has recruited very well. They're going to have one of the best linebacking cores, not just in the Pac-12, but in the country. Like you said, Noah Sewell. I mean, even since you mentioned it, I mean, he, he will be on our All-America team when we go oh, with that sure. later on in the year. Uh, he'll be a starter at linebacker. Byron Caldwell, uh, they do lose Travis Dye to USC, but Byron Caldwell, uh, he did a good job running the ball last year behind this offensive line. Their receivers are experienced, so they haven't played with Knicks as, as of note, but experienced at receiver. 
Daniel, like you said, I'm looking at the schedule. So I actually have some potential point spreads here. There is only one, two games that I think they will not be favored in, and that is the Utah game, which I think will be around a pick them. And then the Georgia game, they're going to be a two-touchdown plus dog in that game. And then outside of that, they have three other potential, like one-score point spread. That's BYU, UCLA, and Oregon State. And two of those three are at home, and the Utah game is at home. So this schedule, I mean, even Washington, I have right now is a 12-point favorite over Washington. And that's in that game also at home. So this schedule lines up really, really well for Oregon to, I mean, have double-digit wins in year one under Dan Lanning. And that's why I think the win total is so high, despite having Georgia on the schedule. But I'm with you, Daniel. I'm going 10-2, 7-1 in conference. I think they lose that Georgia game. I, I'm with you. I think they lose one of uh, Utah, UCLA, Oregon State. I think they win the other two. So I think they go 2-3, and 2-1 and one in those games, 2 out of 3, excuse me. Um, and I'm with you going over 10 and two for the Ducks. All right, let's go to Seattle. So another head coaching change in Washington. So Kaywin DeBoer comes over from Fresno State. A four and eight season for Washington last year. Very disappointing for the Huskies. Uh, their one total now set at seven and a half. So where are you going with the Huskies, Daniel? Yeah, this is a. I think the seven and a half is a great number for uh, this team uh, under a new head coach, a proud program, but, you know, definitely a program in transition. Um, looking at the schedule, they should be able to take care of, you know, Kent State, Portland State, as far as their out of conference, but they do get Michigan State. Michigan State's coming to them, but, you know, I already said in the, you know, in our, our big 10 predictions that I do expect Michigan state to come in and win that game. So that's one loss kind of going through the schedule. I think that they are upper half of the league, but um, I'm not sure, you know, looking, looking through, you know, this team, they've got five returning stars on offense, three on defense. Um, they do have Michael Penix jr. Transferring in from Indiana. Now he had his moments, <clears throat> There were times where he looked like Superman, obviously the Penn State game in 2020, uh, where, you know, that was just like the height of the hype. Um, I think he's a solid player. I think he's a good, you know, I think he can help them to win some games, uh, but I don't think they'll necessarily win because of him. Um, they returned their top two pass catchers from last year in Rome, Odinzi, and then Jalen McMillan. Um, so I think that's important just as far as, uh, the, the offense, uh, being more mature, um, in general. Um, but as I look, I I'm going to go, I'm going to go under, I think seven and five is a little more likely than eight and four. Um, I, I can just pick out too many losses on this schedule. Um, so I, they play at Oregon. Um, I already have them losing to Michigan state. UCLA, they're playing at UCLA, um, at Cal. So a lot of these I'm kind of running into, hey, I don't feel comfortable at eight and four. Um, give me seven and five. So under seven and a half. I am going to join you on the under. So I'm going seven and five as well. But I think that is a phenomenal year one, given where this team was 
last year. So uh, for Michael Penix, someone who coming off of a couple of injuries should be fully healthy now, uh, he needs an offense like Kalen DeBoer's offense. I mean, this is an offense that ranked top 25 in SG Plus last year when he was at Fresno State. So even at Fresno State, putting up a top 25 offense of college football, impressive. Now he's at Washington, and teams typically do this. They had a defensive-minded head coach, Jimmy Lake. The pendulum has swung. The offense was terrible. So they bring in an offensive-minded head coach and Kalen DeBoer, who had a very successful offense at the group of five level. Um, if there's a coach who can help him, Michael Penix, that is, uh, this is the coach who can kind of help groom a quarterback, right? Like Jake Hainer looked really, really good at Fresno State last year. I thought he might transfer to Washington. You know, he entered the transfer portal, decided to go back to Fresno State. But all that being he said, he started Penix, at Washington, right? That was his original school. Jake, I didn't remember that. Was it really? He was, yeah, he was behind uh, Jacob Eason. And once Jacob Eason won the job, I believe that Hayner transferred. There you go. I didn't even know that. Um, their receivers, similar to Oregon, they return all the receivers this year. So there will be a strength on offense. That'll be it. Offensive line is very questionable. Um, defensive line is not, though. This is a defensive line that should be among the best in the conference for Washington. But I'm with you in that the schedule is tough. When you get Michigan State out of conference, um, out of the South, you do draw UCLA and the Arizona schools. We'll see how the Arizona schools are. Don't count out one of them. Uh, I'm buying a little hype there, which we'll talk about next week. You go on the road to Oregon and on the road to your rival against Washington State, which I think that rivalry will be more even now. Both schools kind of, you know, both schools in a year one. So I don't think the schedule is too tough to have a giant turnaround in year one. Um, I just think they're going to struggle just enough against some of these teams. I mean, I think they're losing to Michigan State. Um, to go five and four in conference, I think is still a great year one considering where they were last year. But so going under the win total, I think the offense can be pretty bad still in year one. I mean, the defense might be a top 30 defense in college football. The offense might be a top 80 offense in college football. So going under seven and five for the Huskies. All right, Daniel, let's go to the other side of Oregon. Let's go to Corvallis where, hey, Jonathan Smith, you know, a guy I've been high on. Uh, Oregon State Beavers, their one total set at six. So he's in his fifth year at his alma mater. Where are you going with the Beavers? Yeah, this one's interesting um, because they they are returning five on offense, returning eight on defense, um, and they just went seven and five last year in the regular season. So seven and six, their win total is right at seven. So seven wins will be a push. Or six, six wins. Oh, there's a six. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, Because I like them at seven. So I've got them over. Um, They do have, they do have tough, you know, draw from the South, if we're still calling it that, but uh, they play, they play USC at home and they go to Utah. So that's tough in and of itself. They do get Oregon at home at the end of the year for Civil War or whatever it's called now. Um, but Boise State and at Fresno State are no cakewalk. But as I'm counting up losses, I feel confident that they're only going to like lose five at the most. So I like seven and five. I'm going over um, Chance Nolan, solid quarterback, had a pretty good year last year. I think he can improve on that under Jonathan Smith. Um, he returns f- three of his top five 
uh, or three of his top four receivers from last year. Um, they will have to find a way to replace BJ Baylor at running back. He had 1300 yards and 13 touchdowns. So that will be, you know, um, tough to do, but uh, I do think they'll have a solid year going over with seven wins. I was counting. So they're going to be a dog in, it looks like five games. I'm thinking. Let's see where we are. And then you got a couple one score games either way. I mean, this is why it's a six and six, right? Like they're going to be a favorite in some. There'll be a one score, you know, within three points in some. They're going to be a one score dog in some. Uh, Fresno State is no joke at Fresno State. I think there'll be a touchdown underdog in that game. Like Fresno State returns a lot of people despite losing their head coach. That being said, Daniel, for a few years now, I've just bought the Beavers, right? Like you have a lot of stock in them as of right now. I mean, I like looking at trends. He has doubled their win total. He did it for three years in a row. Now, was that doubling it from one to two in the first year? Yes, it was. But then he doubled it from two to five, over doubled it. Uh, COVID year, we're going to throw out from five to seven wins. So 2019 at five wins, 2021 at seven wins. I think they take one more step forward this year. I'm going to say they go to eight wins this year so chance nolan's a great quarterback i do think jonathan smith's a great uh coach for quarterbacks but uh the off this will be an offensive led team but i think where they're going to be successful daniel is their secondary is really good so uh alex austin he's one of their corners he's a lockdown corner that they've got um i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his first name but mr wright at their other corner they're gonna have one of the best defensive backfields uh in the pac 12 they have a good offensive line. Chance Nolan's a great quarterback. Uh, this is a team that I think is going to pull a couple of upsets this year and get to eight wins. So I like where they're at, especially stability-wise. you got to think in the division where everyone else is. You have two first-year head coaches. No, excuse me, three first-year head coaches in your division. You have a struggling Stanford. You've got Cal who's still trying to figure things out. So Oregon State, one of the most consistent programs, can they beat Oregon? That's this hill they need to get over to is can they upset Oregon? And I think this is one of the going to be one of their best shots, right? Like you got Oregon a little bit vulnerable, at least coaching staff wise. So I like Oregon State. I'm going to keep buying my stock and I'm going to go for eight wins this fall. All right, Dean, let's go to Berkeley. Let's go to Cal. Uh, Justin Wilcox in his sixth year, believe it or not with the the golden bears so uh their one total set at five and a half where are you going with cal yes so with cal looking through just what they have coming back i mean three starters on offense four on defense um they do return their top tackle guy and daniel scott who um you know has been he's their safety he's been kind of that leader in the secondary um, and, you know, this is, you know, big defensive team. Um, I'm curious if they're going to be able to keep that going. Uh, they do replace a lot of the starters from last year with some more juniors and seniors. That's been a product of um, the six-year, you know, rule um, with, with COVID. They've been able to hang on to guys longer. And so just by result, a lot of these teams that take development like Cal – have been able to develop guys as in backup roles. So um, 
I am looking forward to seeing what they do defensively as a whole. Now, offensively, it looks like Jack Plummer is going to be the starter. Um, this will be a it'll be a new starter. <sighs> looking through their schedule, where if it, how many wins is it? Five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, so are they going bowling? They play at Notre Dame. They play USC and uh, UCLA from the south. Yeah, and Arizona. Arizona. So not a terrible draw there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. I think they get six wins. So give me them at six and six. I'm with you. I'm with you at six and six. Um, I'm going over. Here's the thing. This defense can be pretty good. Uh, this defense can be a top 40 unit in college football. Um, you highlighted Daniel Scott. I highlight Brett Johnson, sophomore at defensive line. Uh, he's really big. I like what he brings. Jack Plummer coming over from Purdue last year. Now, this is the guy who got beat out by Aiden O'Connell, but still has some starting experience in the Big Ten. Then I think the offense can be pretty bad. So, uh, returning production, they rank 126th out of 131 teams on offense. So, not great, great on offense. Uh, but defense, they rank top 40. And you know, SP Plus numbers have them as a top 40 defensive unit this year. Wilcox is a defensive guy. Um, so, then I look at their schedule and I'm like, what teams – can actually like threaten their defense or their offense will not be able to keep up. So who, who has offense that can light up the scoreboard? And unfortunately out of the South, you got probably the two best offenses. Well, Utah maybe, but two of the three best offenses out of the South was your schedule draw with USC and uh, UCLA. I think Oregon can challenge you. I think Oregon state can challenge you. Uh, Notre Dame obviously is going to challenge you. Washington state, I think is going to be able to challenge you uh, on offense. So, that gets me to six and six. So I think there are six teams that their defense is going to be good enough that their offense will have to do a lot to win games. And I think there's six teams where their offense is going to have to do stuff and don't know if they'll be able to. So six and six, six and six splits that schedule. And that sounds about right for a team that could have a top 40 defense and like a bottom 40 offense is splitting the schedule and going six and six. So I'm right with you with Cal six and six for the golden bears. Daniel, let's go to Washington State, another team with a new head coach. So, Jake Dickert comes in um, first year. Excuse me. I guess he started last year, technically. But uh, first full year as a head coach. Um, here the, right? Or did he, start, did he start last year? He only had six games last year. Okay, so, he's okay. three three. Thought, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jake Dickert comes in. Really a reset for Washington State dealing with all the off-the-field crap last year. Um, but the Cougars went total set at five, so Vegas not having a ton of hopes for Washington State. But where do you see the uh, the Cougars? Yeah, I'm interested to see what Diggert's got for them at quarterback – or, at, excuse me, at quarterback at as a head coach. Um, obviously, they go three and three last year under him, um, but he didn't really get to implement his – style it was more just like fill in uh for Rolovich and see what see what you can do now he's going to have his all off season and everything to get uh the ball rolling i'm in, interested to see his 
you know, DNA, his stamp that he puts on the program. Um, bringing in Cameron uh, Ward, the incarnate word transfer, um, who actually has a Heisman odds. Um, you know, he has oh, 4,700 yards last year, 47 touchdowns. I mean, he had a big, you know, big season last year. I'm interested to see what translate, what he can bring. Um, Nikia Watson at, at running back, I think that he's going to be um, something special as well. Uh, looking through this roster, though, I mean, five returning on offense, six on defense. Um, they do return their leading sack guy, Rob Ron Stone Jr. Um, he had five sacks last year. This isn't a great team. Um, I don't think they're going to um, – I don't think they're going to go through and just like win a bunch of games in the Pac-12. So for me, they'd have to rely on, um, you know, maybe some easy layups in the uh, non-conference. I'm looking at their schedule. They play Idaho. I think they can win that game. Um, and they better because it's a home game and it's their first game. <laughs> then they play at Wisconsin. And then playing Colorado State, I think that's kind of on their level. So that's a good ma- – you know, aptitude test for them. Um, it's at home, but then as I go through the, you know, schedule within, um, the PAC 12, obviously they draw Utah and USC, um, and the Arizona schools. I, I'm going to go under, I don't think that they eclipse, I guess, are they at five wins? Yeah, they're at five. Okay. Yeah. I think four and eight is probably the most likely for them um, this season. And so, um, just kind of going through win by win. Um, I, I would be at best, I, I guess I could say push. I like you know, four and eight, five and seven. Now I'll stay at four and eight. They're under, I'm going to stay under, but yeah, I think four wins is more likely than six wins. Um, if I was having to do an over under straight up, I know I can say five wins, but I'm going to stick with four wins, four and eight for the Cougars. So, Daniel, this is a team that the strength should be the defense this year. Uh, again, top 40 returning production, top 50 unit this year. You get a full offseason with this coaching staff, which is a new coaching staff, including, and here's where I'm buying some hype. Uh, not only do you bring in Cameron Ward from Incarnate Ward, who threw four. 4,600 yards at 65% completion percentage, 47 to 10 in his TD to interception ratio. But they brought his head coach as their offensive coordinator, Eric Moss. I didn't so know that. That's pretty he was, the, he was the head coach in Incarnate Ward. Incarnate Word. Goodness. Ward Word. Ward and this. Word. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> uh, right. And he comes over to be the offensive coordinator. So, Daniel, the numbers tell me this offense shouldn't be very good. I'm gonna buy a little bit of this. What if he lights it up? Because those those would be those would be Heisman numbers, like what he did at the FCS level. Absolutely. Not saying that's gonna translate to FBS. We'll see. But you're in the back. You're in the back twelve. How many defenses are you gonna face that are really gonna scare you that you can't implement a fun offense with a quarterback who, to quote James Winston, can toss that thing? So I'm gonna buy a little bit of the hype and say the offense is ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So I, I just like this story of you bring in the head coach and the quarterback who lights up the FCS. And then very cool. you're in the Pac-12. You're not going to the SEC West and saying good luck. Like, 
you're in the Pac-12 North, too, which is the weaker of the two divisions. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to say seven and five. So schedule-wise, they seven do draw five. Okay. Utah and USC out of the South. I don't think those are winnable games. But as far as in-division games, I mean, you get Oregon, Cal, um, and Washington all at home. Uh, you do get two Oregon State, but I think they pull a couple upsets. And I'm going to go seven to five, purely banking on these transfers work in your one. Because I think for some of these teams, you have like with the way the transfer portal works now, Michigan State's a great example last year, where for some teams, it will click immediately and they're going to overachieve. I'm betting on Washington State being one of these teams. There's no skill in that. You just got to <laughs> try to align some stuff. And I'm aligning this coach and quarterback coming together. I think that'll be fun. So, Find that storyline. There are other transfers click this year too. Seven and five for Washington State. Uh, lastly, Stanford. The Cardinals sitting with a four and a half win total from Vegas. Believe it or not, David Shaw's twelfth year here uh, at Stanford. Three and nine last year. Does he turn it around, Daniel? I mean. He returns 10 starters on offense, so you'd hope that something is going to go their way. Uh, Tanner McKee, um, you know, back as a starting quarterback, had a okay year last year, a good year as far as you know, 15 touchdowns and seven picks. So um, nothing, you know, groundbreaking or anything, but you returned four of your top five um, pass catchers from last year. Um, return your top two tacklers, your top sack guy. Now, granted, your top sack guy had three sacks. So, you know, how much – it's great to have returners, guys that are coming back, but, you know, they have to be good. Um, going through the schedule, getting USC from the south, playing at Notre Dame like they do – you know, they play Notre Dame every year. Um, having BYU on the schedule, having – at Utah, I'm trying to count the wins. That's probably what I should be doing. Colgate, so they're playing some toothpaste to start with. Um, I think they could take down Colgate. Um, I think they could mess around. I think they could mess around and get two to three more wins on this schedule. Uh I'm not sold on either Arizona school right now, but I'll say this. Most of these schools on their schedule are circling them as either a win outright, or if it's a peer, they're circling it as, Hey, we have to win this game because we've got this other rough stretch coming up. So I know David Shaw gets thrown in there with all these great coaches. I think that he, you know, he had a good run there. I don't know if he can turn it back around from what it is, what it was. So I'm going to say under, cause it's four and a half, right? Four and a half. Yep. So I can get four wins and still be under. I'm going to do it under four and eight. I'm going to ride the coattails of Barton Simmons, who in 2019, first year we did the podcast, uh, was fully out on Stanford in this new era of college football and friend of the show, by the way, friend of the show, friend of the show. So uh, the offense 
had already taken a downturn by that point, but the early signing period has hurt Stanford. Uh, in 2016, their recruiting, their recruiting class ranked 16th. In 2017, it ranked 14th. Early signing period starts in 2018. Since then, they've gone 40th, 21st, 22nd, 48th. So they're not recruiting at the clip they once were, uh, which, which has hurt them because of admission stuff with the school. The early signing period did not help them out, right? That's why David Shaw has been very vocally against the early signing period and regulations around this because – he knew it was going to hurt his program. But also, they've been terrible, Daniel. They did not modernize when they needed to. He's apparently said they're going to run a more air raid-style offense, which when Stanford's been at its best, it's been power football. That hasn't worked. Well, this work, you've got a quarterback who can do it. I mean, he's got a lot of NFL draft stock at this point. I think that's really based on, you know, size and how hard it can throw Measurables, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so – uh, he's got that uh, that Will Levis stock, um, <laughs> but Will Levis probably better though. So, Daniel, this is just a team that you know you mentioned ten starters coming back, but on an offense that ranked one hundred and fifth in the country, does that matter? Like, it's the it's the whole. Does it matter how many starters you have coming back if your starters were terrible last stink. year? If they stink, uh, they could improve an offense. I think quarterback alone they could improve, but I mean, I'm going under. I'm going three and nine. Um, what also hurts them is out of conference, you play Notre Dame and BYU, who are both significantly better than you. They play one of the tougher schedules in the country, especially for Stanford. So it doesn't line up well for them. I'm going three and nine. I do think they get a couple of wins in conference because, again, I think – they're not head and shoulders beneath everyone, especially in their division. Right. There's some peers that I it's think It's still they can the Pac-12. Beat. Still the Pac-12, but I don't think you're beating BYU or, BYU or USC. So uh, three and nine, I have a very, very hard time getting, especially if the over-under is at four and a half, I'm not getting the five. Like, obviously, I think three and nine is way more likely than five and seven, and that way four and eight is way, way more likely than five and seven. So uh, I'm going three and nine. I'm with you on the under. Um, sorry, Stanford. <laughs> uh, hey, that wraps up the Pac-12 North. We're going to post uh, our predictions on our social media, which you can follow at the Extra Point Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Carnes with a K. And that'll do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See you.